With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me again, as always, our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. And also, we have Mikey Ryan, again, the founder of the Islanders Meetup Group, as well as a co-host on the Bar Down Breakdown podcast. Mikey, how are you? Good, boys. How we doing? Happy uh, 2 and one start to the season, you know? Things aren't things aren't that bad. Yeah, Mikey, you're wrong. I'm sorry. You must not have watched any of the games. I don't know. I, I tell you, I'm just going to tell you right now. I drew up. Oh, whoa, Statman over here. I drew up some things. Here's from the Ranger game. I have positives. There's one, and then I have a long list of negatives. And I was prepared for something really bad, so I just went crazy mode for the Bruins game. And, you know, I really don't prepare much for these podcasts, as everyone knows. Uh, but I, there were just some things I just had to get off my chest today. Grump, I've got to jump in. We have an ad to roll. Uh, podcast is sponsored by DraftKings today. So we've got an ad to roll first here, Grumpy Old Man, before we jump too much into it. So let me go ahead and jump to that, Grump. Before we begin today, we have a quick word from our sponsor. The return we've been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back in the octagon this Saturday. Be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round and if he does you'll be cashing in 257 dollars bet a little and win a lot it's that simple while we're all excited for this weekend's premier ufc bout let's not forget football's in the midst of their playoffs so head to the app and check out the great playoff promotions DraftKings is safe secure and reliable making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use the promo code thpn when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first round knockout for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have gambling problems, call in to 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I'll be honest, grumpy old man. When I read that advertisement, 
I was shocked. I was like, what an odd number, $257. I was like, I figured it would at least be like a round number. I don't know, Grump. I don't gamble, so maybe that's where it comes off different for me, but $257, that's odd. Well, the, wow, the Grumpy, you sound a lot like TJ. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to just say one thing. I have a couple problems with that promo. Number one, they said the most notorious icon, that's me, first of all. It's not <laughs> Conor McGregor. Okay, number two. And TJ, I know you did that. Uh you know, how long did it take you to do that? Because, I mean, it actually sounded pretty good. And I know how you normally speak. So I just wondered how long it took you to do that. Well, my comprehension skills and my reading abilities are that of an elementary school child. So it took me probably about the better half of 10 or 12 hours. I'm just kidding, of course. Being facetious, Grumpy. That's right. It was 23. So I understand. <laughs> oh, goodness, Grumpy old man. Well, Grump, before you dive too much into Islanders hockey, I want to go ahead and give Mikey. Mikey's got a big guest coming up on the Bar Down Breakdown podcast here for his 100th episode. And again, now, for those who don't know, it's kind of a – Mikey, I'm going to butcher exactly what your podcast does, but you bring on people who are in alternative punk and alternative rock who are hockey fans, and they talk about their experiences and their growth there and what they like about their particular hockey teams. Is that an okay synopsis, kind of on or off? Nailed it. That's exactly what we do. Um, we're not hockey experts um, by any by any means. Uh, we, we're really just fans of the games ourselves, and we don't take notes when we're watching the games like the grumpy old man. We just we we, we go by the eye test on Bar Down Breakdown, and uh, we're we're just bringing the fans' perspective, and you know we're fans of these guests that we have on, and. It's just a lot of fun to to talk music and hockey with you know some of our idols. So, where is this guy coming on the podcast or not? Is he not coming on my podcast? <laughs> he, he's not going to be here tonight, but uh, he, he'll be on Bar Down Breakdown for episode 100, which will be dropping next week. Okay, episode 100. I, you know, here's the thing: as everyone knows, I don't listen to any of the podcasts because you know my time is valuable. And, uh, you know, I just, this kind of is what it is. So, but I am, I did listen. I think the name of the band is State and Maine. Is that correct? State Champs. State, State Champs. Oh, I was so close. I was so close. Actually, there was a movie on a couple of weeks ago. It was called State and Maine. I don't know what may say. And TJ said, hey, listen to this. And actually, I listened to one of the songs and I was going to have a lot of fun with him. But, you know, hey, it's his loss and <laughs> everyone else's game. What can I say? Yeah. I, I wish that he had, uh, more time to just hang out all the time, but they're currently recording a new album out in Chicago right now. So his time is, is pretty limited as well, but you know, we're, we're just super pumped. Like when we started bar down breakdown, that was kind of a, a bucket list guest for us. So the fact that the planets kind of have, have aligned and he was available, you know, as we we're getting ready to do our hundredth episode, it was just like, wow, I, I this is happening. So, we're pumped, and I know it might not be the the old school punk that you're used to, the grumpy old man, but it is uh, it, it's it's what they would say uh, popping off, or what what was the word that you guys? Oh, it slaps. Yes, that was it. It state champs slaps. Well, as everyone knows, music stopped being made like in the mid 1980s, so. You know, everything else has paled in comparison. But I did listen to State Champs. I did listen to a couple of songs. And I have to say, I enjoyed it. And I was going to have some fun. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll jump on your podcast just to have more fun. But, 
Great to have you. Because I I was telling TJ, if if you and Tom are on the same episode of any podcast, the negativity is going to be through the roof and no one would want to be an Islander fan ever again. You know, (laughs) no, no, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You know, it's funny. I was watching the Bruins game the other night and we're going to get into the Ranger debacle um, and we're going to break down some of the, you know, what I what I noticed uh, certainly last two games. But you know what? You're watching that game and you know that you have to to be an Islander fan. You have to be diehard. It's not like somebody wakes up and says, hey, let's go bandwagon on the New York Islanders. No, because we're not fun to watch. We're not exciting. Uh, I mean, you have to absolutely love the Islanders to be a fan of the Islanders. I mean, it's not like, you know, okay, we've managed to kind of neuter Matt Barzell as much as we can and, you know, and everything else we try to do. But, I mean, we're just not an exciting product. I mean, you have to really love the Islanders. I even watched something. I DVR'd something from uh, last year. I watched Fort Never Lose where some of my legendary pals were on there. And you know what? I was getting the goosebumps. The grumpy old man was getting the goosebumps hearing Bobby Nystrom talk, seeing the magical goal that won the Stanley Cup. And, you know, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about it. Um, (laughs) But, you know, hey, that's why there's no bandwagon fans for the Islanders. Absolutely not. Now, do you know what the the hashtag that we use for Isles meetups is? You know I don't. I know you don't. Do you know, TJ? So it kind of goes with what Grump is saying. It's hashtag only diehards because – you are only a diehard New York Islander fan. There's no bandwagon or fair weather Islander fans because why would you be? You could be a Ranger fan. You could be a Devil fan. You could be literally a fan of any other team. But, you know, if you're if you're going to Islander games and wearing blue and orange, you are a diehard fan. Absolutely. Absolutely, TJ. Grumpy old man. That word gets more use on this podcast than I'm sure in anybody else's dialect, Grumpy. Absolutely. I have a question. I, I have a quick question. And honestly, I don't even know the answer. Have the Islanders ever signed a high-profile free agent ever? I mean, who's the highest-profile free agent we ever signed? Was it Andrew Ladd? I don't know. Mm, so you, you're mean, you're meaning not, not through trade or not like at a yeah. trade deadline? Yes, just like free agent signing. Would would it go back to like Yashin and and Pekka? I I see. I was kind of young in two thousand one, so I can't remember if there was a trade that brought him here. Both of those were trades. So. They were both trades. So I'll go with no. I'll go with absolutely <laughs> no. I mean, I, I mean, hey, think about it, right? You go into the off season. I mean, as an Islander fan, for how long? I mean, gosh, you've been only a fan since two thousand. The biggest thing in the off season was the draft. You know, but you know, it's well, like, uh, no, my, my fandom goes back before 2000, but I'm saying like, that's when I was old enough to really understand the game and like understand what free agency was and all of that. Like I was a fan since I was a, a little tot playing pickup hockey with Rich Khan. Like I, that's how long it goes back. But I'm, I'm saying, you know, when I really understood the game of hockey, I, I could pinpoint it to that 2001 season. Grumpy old man, speaking of the early 2000s, that shirt, the only reason I'm going to pick on you, what Super Bowl is that shirt from, Grumpy old man? (laughs) That's from Super Bowl 34. I worked that Super Bowl. I was a statistician for that Super Bowl, working for the NFL in Atlanta. So 20 years ago, Grumpy, is that correct? 21 this year. I think it'll be 21 this year, actually. (laughs) You You got a problem with that? 
We've, I, I know, like, you use the vin- – I guess we can call it vintage clothing because they're all, like, 20-plus years old, everything you wear on a podcast. But, I, you know, it speaks to testament. I guess they make things better back then, too. I don't know, Grumpy. But you're wearing all the old stuff. I just want to see some old retro Islander stuff, Grump. Well, I could have wore my – and let me tell you something. Uh, I was thinking about wearing the fisherman jersey today. If we had lost to – uh, Boston. I was going to wear the fisherman jersey today. If we had two bad performances in a row, just so people could remember what it was like when that when that logo. Was why, why do you say it like a bad thing? Everyone was like, "Wow, Grumpy finally looks like he got some fashion." I mean, hey, let everything comes back in style. I mean, that's all I got to say. If you if you keep it long enough, it's going to come back in style. But I mean, I tell you, I loved working the Super Bowl. It was great. We stayed at the players' hotel. I mean, I met so many legendary uh, football players. It, it was great. I got to say, it was absolutely it was fantastic. Well, Grump, I was about to say, you wear the fisherman's jersey, and everybody jumps on you saying they hate it or they love it, and you just thrive off of that anyway, Grumpy old man. I, that's, I'm, a, I'm a divining rod on this podcast. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. Love me, hate me. Just tune in to the Grumpy old man. <laughs> We got a comment already from Scott saying Bailey's on the COVID list. Who takes his place? Who cares? I mean, the second line has done absolutely nothing the first three games, right? I mean, you got uh, Croc scored the first goal of the year. Other than that, they've been invisible for the most part. Um, And just for anyone listening today, uh, Captain Average is now back to average after that shoddy performance the last two games. So no longer is he Captain Average. He's now Average Anders. Correct. You know, I I got to feel like, like we, we, we beat bro. Boston for the first time since 2013, and you're still just dogging okay. on the aisles. Okay, but think about it. Boston hasn't scored an even-strength goal this season. Well, well yeah. an even-strength five-on-five goal. I think they did score one in overtime. It was three-on-three play, even-strength technically. But a five-on-five, no, I don't think they have, Grump. I think they won a shootout against the Devils. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, Boston's been struggling mightily. And, man, oh, well, man. I don't know if you all heard. The NHL was uh, making some type of new technology in the puck. And I guess some coaches were complaining that uh, it seemed like the puck wasn't going as fast or whatever. So maybe Boston will just say, you know, if they start scoring, scoring goals now, because they did say that they're taking them, going back to the original pucks. So you're probably going to hear those mass holes up in Boston whine and complain, the reason why we weren't scoring goals five on five was because of the pucks. No, it's because you're just you a one-line team and Pasternak isn't playing right now. That's why you're not scoring goals. I thought, I, was, it with, was it actually in the pucks, Grumpy? I thought it had something to do with the technology. They were trying to reinstitute that same old song and dance to make it easy for Americans to follow the game of hockey where it follows that little glowing line, follows the puck. I think that was the original intention, wasn't it, Grump? Or is that am I wrong? I don't know, but that didn't work. You know, I it, it, that, that's not something. I, but think about same old song and dance. That was an old Aerosmith song. You know, just you know, so we can make Mikey feel like he's part of this uh, this podcast by you know bringing up some music. Aerosmith was an old group. Probably a lot of people know about it. Uh, you know, not my cup, not my cup of tea, but. It's all good. You can bust out your uh, your nice flow and your your long locks and listen to some hair metal if you'd like. Hey, I saw. Let me tell you something. I saw the uh, that video. Some of those guys look like a couple of hippies up there, anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, unfortunate. Obviously, Josh Bailey being out though, grumpy old man. I know. 
in jest you talk about uh no worries we can just replace i'll tell you one thing grumpy old man here's, he here's had, continue dj i'm sorry I was about to say, he had that absolutely beautiful pass to Jean-Gabriel Pajot against the Boston Bruins just recently, that last game. I mean, that was a beautiful opportunity for that breakaway chance. And I was like, anytime Josh Bailey does something well or he doesn't do well, you will get the dividing factor. The anti or pro Josh Bailey crowd will say, that's an elite pass. Look at this elite player. If you know he disappears off the stat sheets for 10 games, this is why he's not elite. I'll tell you one thing, Grumpy, Grumpy and Mikey. He's just... <laughs> He's a player that you either love or hate. I hate him. Uh, I, I, I think he we've dogged on him long enough that I, I I do appreciate Josh Bailey. And, you know, I think we were kind of fed the wrong idea of who Josh Bailey was when we first drafted him because we, we drafted him too high. And that's not his fault. That's not his fault. And, you know, he he's a playmaker and that's what he does. So. You know, yes, he's not going to put up 50 goals a season, but he he's going to do the little things because he's so smart when it comes to understanding the game of hockey that, you know, you, you, you want a guy like that on your team. And I, I think Islander fans need to, to get off his back a little bit because he's, he's definitely paid his dues. He, he's probably going to have the record of the most games played in an Islander sweater. And you know, I hey, hear me out. If he if he wins a cup, also in that time frame, there's no reason why his name's not up in the rafters. Oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is that is pretty sorry. I agree. That you're sorry. I agree. Okay. All right. I had to wait, I, Grumpy, because I'm I'm, I'm like. As Mikey's formulating this response, all I'm thinking about all these little one-line zingers where you'd be like, oh, there's other players you were drafted too early, Simon Holmstrom. My mind has been trained to yours, grumpy old man, where I can think about all your insults because they always are consistent. And I'm just I'm I'm just anticipating this response. That's all. Well, they're they're all but here's the thing, they're not inaccurate. I mean, I may make those cracks, but they're always correct. All right. And you're right, Josh Bailey was drafted too high. Uh and he he has a lot of hockey sense. He does. And I do want him on the team, but not as a member of the playing squad. I wouldn't mind him being a coach in the back, something like that. That's probably where we do his best work anyway. And he'll probably I, be there too. And I'll tell you what, there is absolutely no way that she'd have he should have his number retired just for showing up every night and getting ridiculous contracts year after year after year. I just I'm just I'm just uh, to me, if you have to get your number retired, you have to do something more than just show up. I just made. I'll tell you, Grump. I mean, hell, who's to say he can't have a few more seasons and string together fifty-point performances again? I know for your point, Grumpy, you don't think he should. He doesn't, and his name will never, it will never ring like Bossy, Nystrom, etc. It's just not going to ring like those names, Grumpy old man. I understand that, but for a team that has been starving for, I would someone that wants to be here. Like someone that wants to be on the team. And a linchpin of like, hey, this was our guy during those dark times, Grumpy. I'm just saying he could fit. I'm not saying Grumpy old man, he will or he won't. But in this scenario, if he wins it, if he wins a Stanley Cup and he continues to produce, I again I wouldn't be opposed, yay or nay. Okay. We'll leave we'll leave that one alone. I I, I here's the thing. I I you know, what everyone knows my point of view on 
you know, Mr. 800 games. What I don't even know what I call. Oh, the king of the secondary assist. That's what he is. The king of the secondary assist. He never sets up the guy to actually score the goal. He'll make the pass and someone else will do something fantastic to lead to someone else doing fans on He just, like I said, then you got Casper who was drafted in his mold and he'll be taken over for Josh when he finally retires. I don't know, 15, 20 years from now. Mikey, for the translation, the grumpy old man translation for Casper, that is Simon Holmstrom. Okay, yeah, he, he he's he's he could turn out to be a bust. You know, he he didn't do much for Team Sweden in the World Juniors, not not really at all. He did have quite a few secondary assists, though, like four of them. He made one, he made one nice pass, but he did have four where he just you know, hey, I'm a sidecar. That's that's how I describe Josh Bailey. But I want to get back to I think it was Scott who asked the question, who fills in for him. Here's what I would do, and. They won't do it, but this is what I would do because I think it would hurt them defensively. I would take Wallstrom, put him on the first line, and move Lee down to play with uh, Bavillier, who's capable of playing both sides, and Brock Nelson. That's what I would do. Grump, I'm not opposed. I mean, like you've already seen it, right? I, I don't think Ross Johnson's going to get the start, uh, even with Bailey being out. Um, they already, I think, we're running lines there with Michael Del Cole. Our old pal, Michael Del Cole, back in action, Grumpy and Mikey. And I'm just like, oh, wow. I mean, like, haven't we seen that song and dance too much? I'm like, I'm ready to move on to something different. Please more Michael Del Cole. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I want you to I, I just feel like we've seen who he is. We, we know the type of player we're getting out of Michael Del Cole. And I, I don't think, you know, a team that, struggle scoring goals needs him in the lineup. Like we, we struggle scoring goals and he's not going to score goals. So I, I, I think that there's other better options out there that we still don't know their full potential. So how are we ever going to see it if they don't get into the lineup? Oh, wow. Have we ever heard that before on this podcast, PJ? We just usually hear it in your sounding voice, grumpy. <laughs> Very good. You know, I, I do have to say one thing. I don't know if I, you know, I do want to get, I just, I just want to discuss real quick, the Ranger game. It'll be quick. Uh, we're t- I'm just, you know, I do a lot of positive and negatives. Uh, the positives were just the penalty kill. I thought the penalty kill was pretty good. Everything else was a negative. Um, you know, Dobson had a turnover that Sorokin should have made a save on honestly. Uh, and uh, Sorokin had a tough night. And, but I found it interesting once again, if you listen to the post game, Butch, you know, he drinks the company Kool-Aid absolutely without a doubt. Man, when a young guy makes a mistake, we're going to hammer that mistake till the end of time. Scott Mayfield made the same mistake that gave up a goal. And it's like, well, you know, those things happen. But, you know, let it be Dobson or let it be Barzal or let it be one of the young guys. And we're just going to make sure we we want to make sure the fans know that the young guys are making mistakes, Right. I got a question, right? Varlamov gets hit in the shoulder up high, and Barry was pissed at that, right? He's like, if it was Matt Barzal who did it or Dobson, you know those guys would have sat, first of all, and he would have called them out by name. It was Clutterbuck who did it, which kind of explained. Now, did he say, you know, Cal Clutterbuck shouldn't be shooting the puck up high. He should know better. No, he doesn't call him out by name. But what does he do? The next game, Cal Clutterbuck came out like his hair was on fire. I mean, he was hitting everything that moved. I mean, just to make sure he get in uh, the uh, the armadillo's good graces, so he continues to get ice time. But the biggest thing, 
that I got out of uh, the Boston game in particular was J.G. Pajot was getting double shifted in the third period. And do you want to know who sat? Anyone have any idea? Grumpy, I know because you could not wait. You were frothing at the mouth over <laughs> the little the little segue you're going to have for this. So I know, but I'll wait. I'll let you get your I'll let you get your enjoyment from it. We can rebuild him. We have the technology. The six million dollar man, Matt Martin. That's right. The guy that we had to sign to a four year deal at one and a half per. That's six million dollars because I can multiply. We have to sign a thirty two year old to that type of contract. Well, guess what? If game three, he's already getting sat down. I'm glad that was money well spent. Don't you think? Where, where are we going to spend the money anyway this year, though? Uh, well, I think that we had a lot of options early on, but we waited way too long before we tried to make any decisions on the team, right? It's always, like I said, we had we were forced to trade Devontae's. That's because we mismanaged the cap. And and speaking of, he's been lightening up for Colorado. We said we who said called, who my, called that one? Who yeah, called we, that? One? We both knew it. I mean, like we anticipate even with a shortened season, we I, I would not be shocked at all if he still puts up 40 points in some odd, like 52 some odd games. I think he's going to have a monster year. He fits right into their system. And this is going to be a trade that the Islander fans look back on. And, and it's going to be, I wouldn't say day of infamy, but you're going to look back on it like, wow, we gave up a guy who's a, a, a caliber, a perennial all-star caliber player for two second round picks. And he was young at the time period too. So I think that's not going to be a trade that Islander fans look too happily upon there in the future. I mean, he only got four and a half million dollars for four years. You sign Martin back at one and a half. You only have to find three million dollars. I mean, I would have dumped the lad on long-term injury or uh, any of those guys. Dump him early. You got to get rid of him early. Then you can spend over that cap, and then you don't have to lose him. If I was going to lose any defenseman, it would have been Nick Letty. That's why we lost. It's just unfortunate, right? Because if we weren't in the cap situation, I think we get more for Devontae's. And it was just, they, you know what I mean? They had the upper hand in that particular instant. And it is what it is, Grump. I did want to talk. You mentioned about Noah Dobson slipping up and making a few mistakes. Again, I, I like Noah Dobson. He's got a lot of potential to him. But come on, Grump. You could admit that, I guess, uh, against the Rangers. What game was that? Was that on Monday? or I, You know, all the days are starting to run together. I think Saturday. it was Saturday. 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 I was about to say, Grumpy, Saturday, man, he didn't look good. He, he was he feels like he can control the puck a lot longer than he can. And when the other teams start to press and they start to forecheck, you'll see him occasionally slip up or lose the puck. And again, like those are young mistakes. And you mentioned, hey, why don't we see Butch talk poorly or talk ill of when Scott Mayfield makes these mistakes? I look at it like this, Grumpy old man. I think it's it's poor sport, right? Because when a young guy is making a mistake, you can always say he's making these mistakes. He's young. That's the reason as to why he's doing it. If you're going to say Scott Mayfield's making these mistakes and he's consistently screwing up in this particular fashion, you don't really have any type of excuse. You can say this is the reason why he's doing it. So then you're just trashing on a player. So you ask me why. I think that's why that's why announcers usually go ahead and trash on younger players, in my personal opinion. Well, then he should qualify it by saying it's because he's young, because he does not. Uh, and when you listen to uh, – even listen to the NBC broadcaster saying, oh, Matt Bar, you know, this team has accountability. You know, everyone's held to the same standard. Matt Barzal, the best player on the team, got benched numerous times last year because he wasn't following the team thing. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Croc has made mistakes. Average has made mistakes. The king of the second stereo assist has made mistakes. But those guys never sit. 
that's the problem I have. If everyone is held responsible into the same, uh, you know, the same playing field, then they should sit to not just the young guys. He has no problem sitting the young guys, but he does not sit the vets unless you're the $6 million man who looks like he's actually more in the $1.87 beauty contest at this point in time. Grumpy. I'm telling you, man, you got to get a breath in between. You keep just going on and on and on. I said, get a breath, man. I said, relax, (laughs) Grumpy. (laughs) I'm a professional breather. I've been doing it for a long time now. I was about to say, you've been doing that for a damn long time, Grumpy. (laughs) Now, isn't it the way Martin's contract structured that, like, towards the back end, there's a lot of options to buy him out and to, to get that contract off the salary? So you can buy – I think it's the first two years. It's kind of front-loaded. But the last two, if you were to go ahead and buy out the last two or even to throw them in Bridgeport, you only have to pay – I think it's like 300000 or maybe two hundred fifty. What it, it was definitely structured to where the cap hit, if you were to cut them out in the first two years, would have been more significant. And the back two, it's it's – not as important. So you can't, you do have that flexibility to get rid of them if that is the case. All I know is he's making too much money for what he provides. I'm not grumpy. You're not going to see me argue against that. I think he had a great playoffs and he, and he turned that into an unbelievable contract for himself. Congrats to him. Not a great signing by the Islanders in my personal opinion. Yeah. Well, maybe we're going to bring Leo Komarov back up to play with, uh, you know, on the second unit. Maybe that's who's going to replace Josh Bailey tomorrow. He's got, what, two more years left on his ridiculously long-term, overexpensive deal that was a bust from the minute it signed? Well, you got to think that we got, you know, the the Seattle expansion draft this summer that we can get rid of one of those terrible, terrible contracts. It depends, it depends on who we protect, right? I mean, honestly, who are you going to protect? I mean, I, I wouldn't protect anyone who's over the age of 30 does not get protected as far as I'm concerned, not one player. Yeah, I was about to say that. Even I've even seen people throwing out the idea of, hey, maybe you throw. I mean, this is all pre the beginning of this season. Maybe you put Varlamov in that particular category because he makes five million dollars. He might be a backup goaltender. I will tell you, um, it's a little deflating towards everybody's expectation of Sorokin. I don't know. I guess we all had thought he would come in and light the world on fire. Was not the case immediately. Um, you could tell he was thrown in that situation, kind of looked like a little timid um, out there on the ice. And, you I, you know, long term, I think to myself, again, I still think he's going to be a good goalie. But how is he going to perform there in big moments? How is he going to perform there? When th- and, again, I know he played well in the KHL at the highest level there. He won plenty of playoffs, et cetera. But, you know, when the, when it's, you know, the big moment, you know, the top of the top competition like it is in the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, how is he going to perform? Again, like I understand he's a rookie. It's new to him, but he's 25 years old. I mean, that young man is he's a professional and uh, not a great not a great performance out of him. I will try to reserve my initial judgment and my initial take because it was a shitty situation he was thrown in and the defense didn't do a great job. We didn't do a good job in transition, but it was definitely a not an ideal start for Sorokin's career. I never seen anyone jump off a bandwagon as fast as you have. You've been pumping this guy up for the last four years. Sorokin, Sorokin, the white whale. One game where he got put into where he was not supposed to start, he gets rushed in, and you're already bailing on the guy. Let's give him a little bit. Let's pump the brakes a little bit there, TJ. Pump him just a tad, sunshine. 
in my defense, I want to chime in real quick before Mikey gets a chance. I will say this, Grump. I still think he's going to be a successful goalie. I just worry more long. I still think he's going to put up gaudy numbers in the NHL. I just think long term, when games are big, some some goalies aren't big game goalies. And again, like that's a situation where, oh, wow, I wasn't expecting this. Things completely change. Things change all the time in the NHL. They change all the time in professional sports. When he's comfortable in the KHL, when they play limited amount of games every single season, it's kind of relaxed schedule. Everything works fine. But I would wonder how things look. I mean, like things are faster moving, smaller ice surface too. I just wonder how things are going to translate their big game situation. I still think he's going to be a successful goalie though. It's one game. Yeah, I feel like we could have done better with the backup Zamboni driver in in Saturday's game. Uh, You know, (laughs) I really think it was just an unfair situation to be thrown into. You know, goalies have ridiculous routines before they're getting the start. And, you know, he he had to get rushed into his first NHL game. And that's not easy to do. So I, I'm not ready to even really put any judgment on that performance because the whole team played like crap. The whole team played like crap. So I, I think we have to get you know, 10, 13 starts under his belt before we can really see what kind of goalie he is. One thing I always think to myself as well is the Islanders are a team that plays that bend, don't break style. And last year we struggled at times and we went on that losing streak. It's because on those high, you know, high potential scoring opportunities that other teams had, they were converting more than they were missing. And Varlamov wasn't making the saves at that time period. He had an outstanding playoffs, uh, you know, albeit. But in the same token, when our goalies don't stand on their heads when it's required for them too, it's easy for games to get out of hand. And, you know, a team goes up two goals on us. You, you have to say, I'm not feeling too confident that the high-powered Islanders offense is going to hang up, you know, two or three goals in order to win the game. And that's why, again, like that year, two years ago, when Robin Leonard stood on his head, I mean, he came up with all the big saves exactly when they're needed. And that's what I think myself also, right? I mean, like, is Sorokin going to be a guy who's kind of come up with the big saves when needed? I, again, these are all things I'm starting to think about. I, I was huge on a Sorokin is the white whale. I still think he is. But these are things I'm watching for, Grumpy is all. Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, like I said, I'm not jumping. I'm, and here's the thing. Varlamov is not going to be exposed in the expansion draft. We can protect one goalie, and he's the only goalie we have that we can protect. I mean, it's not like we're going to protect Corey Schneider. So we will protect uh, Varlamov. My concern is if you're going to protect a bunch of forwards uh, and three defensemen, who are your three defensemen are going to be, right? It's got to be Pellet, Pulak, and then you have a choice between Letty and Mayfield. And I'm going to tell you again, Mayfield's a guy I would definitely protect, $1.45 million for another two or three years, as opposed to Letty, who makes five and a half and is at 30 years old. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, his game has slipped. Uh, it doesn't bring – and we have a lot of young guys coming up. It would be a godsend for us if the Kraken would take uh, him – uh, off of our hands, honestly. I mean, even Josh Bailey, right? Or uh, Anders Lee. You look at those contracts. I'm thinking long-term, right? When I'm thinking about getting those big big long-term contracts off the books so we could do something and get some younger players with some offensive acumen going forward. That's what this team needs, honestly, to take it to the next level. If you're happy just you know, qualifying for the playoffs and getting beaten in the first round or maybe the second round, uh, if that's your goal, well. Nice conference finals. Okay, that was last year. Okay, don't don't think that's going to repeat every year. 
I'm just I'm just giving you a hard time, Grump. All right. Don't don't do that because you're just poking the bear right there. <laughs> oh gosh. I'll tell you, we've got a lot of comments and I, I, I've not been doing a great job because I've just been letting everything flow so smoothly, Grumpy. Now this is one from earlier on in the podcast. Why haven't we seen Wallstrom yet by Brian? Well, like I said, i I think against the Devils, that's because the Devils are woeful. I mean, they're bad. Uh I they haven't looked too bad so far this year, though. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, they can't finish. I watched the two games against Boston, and Boston didn't impress me either. I'm gonna say their defense was much better against us, and it could be because our talent isn't that great. Uh, but I thought their defense was much better against us than it was against the Devils. I mean, the Devils just skating in, but they just couldn't get a shot off. I, I'm like, my gosh, it, it was it was frustrating to be a Devils fan. If you're a Devils fan, that's got to be tough to watch. Um, but that's that's a, that's a guy that I would play. I would I play him against the Devils. I put him on the first line to see what he can do with Barzal, honestly, and then move Lee down to the second line and slide uh, Bavillier over to the right wing. That's what I would try. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't play Michael Del Cole. I, I don't understand that. What has Ross Johnston done to lose playing time? And here's the thing: don't take out Bellows. Bellows has really looked good in the first three games this year. Did they already move him down to the taxi squad? I think they moved. You know, it's so tough to keep up with. I thought they moved him taxi squad as well. So again, Grump, I have no idea what Barry's going to roll out there. And I think with with Bailey getting sick there with COVID, I think that completely could just alter everything they're doing right now. I'm not really sure. I'm sure tomorrow pregame we're going to see exactly what's going on. I don't expect too many changes from what we see pregame though, Grumpy. Okay, so Bellows has been moved down to the, to the practice to the taxi squad. I believe so. I think my. I think you're right there. I, I think I did see that also, Mikey. But again, Grumpy, it. I, I don't understand that. I, I don't. What What did he do to get demoted? I thought he looked good. I, I mean, even in the game they lost to the Rangers, at least he was out there throwing the body. I. I, I don't understand some of the things they do. I just don't. <laughs> Oh goodness, Grumpy! Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see. I I just don't want to see Komarov back there on the ice in the same old cast and crew. That's the biggest portion, right? And you gotta have you gotta have to have this season to understand what you have there and those young guys too. You're right. You know, we have a lot of holes, and I think you know we do have comments as well. The power play again. I I'm really hoping all the time that maybe we have the power play fixed, but in the same token, Grumpy and Mikey, it just seems like the power play always seems to be an issue. Um, penalty kill has been outstanding so far this year. Power play, same old issue. Mikey, I, I really don't have an answer for it. It's been the same problem since, you know, JT days. It's been a problem for the longest time. And I, I think it comes down to, you know, we lack goal scorers and you, you were hoping that Anders uh, shooting percentage would go up and, you know, he, he had, he had the, the two goals open at night, but then, you know, the, the power play struggles continued and he, he, he wasn't burying those dirty goals as they like to say. And, you know, we, we need that out of him because he's definitely not going to burn you on a, on a breakaway because he's slower than molasses. So I, I think uh, we just need him up front and, and bury the, the, those really just dirty, ugly goals. That Yeah. That he had, and he had a point point blank shot against Boston and misses the net. I mean, it's like, you know, but Hey, 
in Islander country, that's good enough to get you a seven year, seven million per extension at the age of 29. That's you know, hey, pay that guy till he's 36. He's Andrew Ladd 2.0. That's what that's the direction that contract is going. Now, I think obviously towards the end, it's going to be a contract that's not going to be very favorable for us. But again, there's a lot of time. Hopefully, we can offer that at some point. That's Lou Lamarillo. He knows I'm talking shit Do about Do you it. have a landline? You know man, I you are the grumpy old man. Yeah. Who still has a landline? I Holy do. Cow. You can tell all your little friends that I know someone who has a landline. Yeah, <laughs> who even calls you? Just It has to only be telemarketers. So my why mother, even have it? No, my mother calls me. Uh, Lou Lamarillo calls you as well. Believe me, Lou, Lou knows what to do. He knows, he knows how to get in touch with the grumpy old man. Uh, but here's what I've seen on the power play. I see particularly when – now, when Dobson's out there, it seems to be a little bit more crisp with a little bit more pace. When Letty's at the point and playing with Josh Bailey, it's like they're both playing with themselves, one in the corner, one at the top. They just pass it back and forth. Defenses slack off on them because they won't shoot the puck. And until we have a shoot-first mentality, and we did in the first game of the year, we had that shoot-first mentality. I was really excited. Then we kind of went back to just, hey, let's just, you know – Play the circle jerk with the puck, Bailey to Letty to Bailey to Letty to Bailey, and nobody does anything. And finally, you get a shot with uh, you get Anders there in the slot, and he misses a wide open chance. I mean, it's just it's just frustrating, and it is like I've said, just a lack of talent. Until you get more high end offensive talent, you're just going to struggle to score on the power play. We just don't have that talent. We just don't. And that's why that's why I'd like to see Oliver Wallstrom get in there just to see what he could bring to the operation and the power place. That's, that's what I want to see. The shoot first mentality and put the puck towards the net in some capacity needs. I, I thought they did a good job game one. We were two for eight. And again, I, it's early yet, right? Just like when we came out gangbusters, the first game of the season, I remember talking to you on the podcast, Grump. I'm like, we need to taper expectations. I know we had an unbelievable first game. We looked dominant, but Grumpy, I had a feeling. We're going to still play the same exact bend-don't-break style where it looks like we are hemorrhaging chances to the opposing team, and we're just barely sticking in there, and we catch them on a counter-strike opportunity or they fall asleep for a second, and we're able to capitalize. And sure enough, it looks like that is still going to be the way the Hounders play. That that style's not changing. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we beat Boston, but really we outplayed that game for the most part. We just don't put a whole lot of shots towards the net. I mean, you know, we had 39 shot attempts – for 17 shots on goal and Boston had 63 shot attempts for 31 shots on goal. You got to shoot the puck. I, you can't score if you don't shoot. I just, I don't know. And you're right. We need to get guys down low. More guys like JG Pajot, right? I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but he's not afraid to mix it up down low. I, he gets lower than I'm going to tell you than than captain average does. He gets right in there next to that goalie. I was a dirty goal. He scored. And we need more guys like that. I, I, you know, everyone knows, I'm a big fan of the greatest number 44 in New York sports history since Reggie Jackson. Everyone knows that. And I was so nice to see him get extra ice time uh, and get that game-winning goal because really that's a game that we didn't deserve. I thought Tuka Rask didn't really do anything fantastic against us. He usually owns us. So it was great to see him get beat. Uh, and Varley, Varley had a good game too. Varlamov's been outstanding all season long. I mean, he's off to a great start. That's always nice to see. It's reassuring. Well, you can't do any better than two straight shutouts. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
I, I, I'll, I'll tell you. I mean, I had my reservation. I don't know about you, Mikey. I had my reservations going into this season. I didn't know what exactly the split was going to look like. Again, I felt happy with the 50-50 split. I think Varlamov has looked great. I think it's going to take more time than I originally had anticipated to make sure we can work Sorokin. And I don't know what my original expectation was. I thought more at the end of the season Sorokin was going to be the guy. Um, I still think that's a possibility, but I think it's going to be a slow integration. That's for certain. Eh. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> but hey, Varlamov for excellent. I'm I'm fine, you know, riding riding Varley as long as we can and get Sorokin mixed in to just kind of get him comfortable to the game. Because think about it, if if the tables are flipped and Sorokin just has a killer season this year, we're gonna have to pay him too big money next year. So, you know, might as well kind of get him in a little bit, mix him in here and there, see what we got with him, and then pay him, you know, a fair a fair salary rather than what he's asking for. Now, I got a I got a response there for that, Grump. Hold on real quick there before we jump in. Tommy also says here Tommy Baffy says, "Don't worry about the taxi squad moves. They can change those from hour to hour." And that's what I was about to say. And, and that's what we noticed there prior. Remember Bellos was originally on the taxi squad to start the season and he wasn't. So those taxi squad moves are pretty free flowing. I'm sorry. Continue though with your your comments about Sorokin there, Grumpy. Yeah, I was. Uh, what you'd lo- what you'd love to see is see Sorokin develop where he's good enough to take over the number one spot by the end of the year. That said, uh, best goalie should play, and right now that's Varlamov. So, I mean, here's the thing: as as anyone who listens to this podcast knows, I thought that a good game for him to break in probably would have been against the Devils. I don't think that's going to happen tomorrow, and I think they're going to go with Varlamov. I don't think they're going to put Sorokin in, and I think they're going to kind of pick and choose the games that he plays, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, no I don't disagree, and I'll tell you this too. Um, it's I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's not surprising because <laughs> you have a tiny brain like that, big body, big body, tiny brain. See – I'm normal sized body, but a superior brain. So, <laughs> you know, I don't, I know you don't understand that. You have stalled long enough, Grumpy, for me to regain my train of thought. You did exactly what I needed you to do. Uh, that being said, I've always said this over the offseason uh, in an ideal scenario, you would always want Sorokin to get paid more than Varlamov. And the reason I, I came up with that thought process is that means Sorokin has done so damn well that there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he is the true number one guy. And again, like if that's the case, that means you had a pretty damn good goalie tandem this season and you will in the future. But no matter how it plays out, I think again, it, you know, I'm trying not to judge him too much over one game where he's just thrown to the wolves. Uh, but I, there's things I'm looking for here in the future for his play. I have a question. What is a wolf? It's called wolves. <laughs> wolves. I told you I had a reading comprehension of an elementary school student. They're grumpy. I told that. I told you that to be into the podcast. You should know that. Come on. Now. Okay, because you're a football player, and we all know they have limited intelligence. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You're banging your head into somebody else's head all day long. I mean, how smart is that? I mean, maybe you could be a boxer. I mean, you know, that's the next thing, right? Yeah, but I think at changing subjects, I think they're going to find a fine line because, you know, they don't obviously want to wear out Varlamov for certain. I do understand that. I want to I want to switch here a little bit, switch gears a little bit, Mikey. I want to talk a little bit about now. It's it's Derek from State Champs, correct? That's correct. 
Now, I was trying to do a little research beforehand. Now, what does Derek do? What 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 part of the band does he play? He he's the vocalist. He's the lead singer. Um he 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 also plays guitar in some songs as well, but he is mostly the the, the vocalist and, and lead singer. Okay. Gotcha. I was wondering about oh Grumpy, I'm sorry to let you chime in here. Yeah, I, I like I said I listened to a song Secrets and I thought it was pretty good actually. I was like, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised. And I was really hoping I'd get a chance to chit chat with him, but his walls. <laughs> <laughs> No, we're not having him on the podcast. Well, I even, it's funny because I even mentioned TJ's like, does he like the Islanders? And because he doesn't like the Islanders, who's he like? He's a Dallas Stars fan. And that's the biggest question I'm going to have for him because he grew up in Albany, New York. So the fact that he is a Dallas Stars fan is kind of out there. But he also, so Derek also played hockey. And um, I'm assuming since. Mike Madonna was on the team. Like, you know, a lot of kids that played USA hockey in the nineties, their favorite player was Mike Madonna. So I'm thinking that there has to be a connection. Other than that, I have no idea why he would be a stars fan. And as everyone knows, Mike Madonna had a uh, supporting, well, very, very, a cameo role in the mighty ducks. The first movie. He sure did. I was about to say he comes on there. Yeah, it's right before they went on the ice or something like that. It's all coming back to me here, Grumpy. And he was, and Mike Madonna was a great player, a really great player. If he played in a hockey market, uh, I mean, or even a big media market, I think, you know, you'd be talking about him. I mean, Steve Eiserman. I mean, everyone knows Steve Eiserman, but I mean, Mike Madonna was right up there skill wise, American born player, too. I mean, good for yep. him. I think he's in the Hall of Fame, is he not? I believe he is. Yes, I think. I don't know. I, I don't even know who's in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I, I was a few, I was a few votes. I, I'm sorry. I was a few votes short this year of getting in. <laughs> I was about to say, Grumpy, you're going to have to put together a hell of a season this year if you want to go ahead and catch yourself in the in the, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, no. I will say this. Now it makes sense why you were asking all these weird questions to me before we jumped on the podcast. Grumpy old man was like, is he an Islander fan? He better be an Islander fan, otherwise he's going to regret it. I'm like, why the hell does it matter if he's an Islander fan or not? <laughs> I didn't know you thought. Okay, that makes more sense. No, Derek from St. Chance is not going off the podcast. Now it's all making sense to me. Right. I mean, if you're I gonna gonna like, like to see that I'm going to put him in contact with grumpy old man and let him ha- let him, let grumpy old man have his way with them. Oh, like I said, you're coming on an Islander podcast, man. You better be an thing. If you don't want if you don't want to get attacked by the grumpy old man, you better be an Islander fan. Even if you are an Islander fan, the chances you get attacked are pretty high. Uh, I'm going to chime in here. Tommy also says here and stop. Stop with the Dobson bashing. I don't think we bash Dobson. Um, takes an average of 125 to 150 games for D-man to truly settle in an NHL-based system with a younger developing goalie. And he also brings up, hey, you know, look what all the Islander fans were saying. Throw Pelic to the sun or whatever whatever that saying was on Twitter. Send him to the sun. I don't know. We've always said that, right? When you're a young defenseman, it takes about – you don't really know what he has until – you say 300. Yeah, I knew it was like 200 to 300 until you actually know what a defenseman has. That's, that's what it takes. If you look at historically throughout the league, of course, you're going to have guys who were fantastic from the beginning. But by the time they settle in to the player and as good as they're going to be defensively, defensemen, right, it's in the very term. Uh, it usually takes about 300 NHL games. And what is that? It's like, what, two and a half seasons, right? Or three, I don't know, three and a half seasons. Three something years. like that. 
But think about it. You don't come in as a number one defenseman, right? You come in usually as a bottom pair defenseman and you work your way up. It takes a while. Unless you're Keandre Miller, then you get thrust right into a top two role. Yeah, and then you get what Keandre Miller is. I mean, I think he's a good talent, but I wouldn't have him on the first pairing. Absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's going to eventually come to bite the Rangers in the butt. Yeah, for certain here. We also oh, yeah. have Jeff Feinblum saying, Everly equals useless. Yeah, and I feel like that's why we haven't even talked about him yet because of that right there. Right. Who else haven't we talked We hope Think about it. The second line who, and, you know, everyone knows I'm very hard on Croc and the king of the secondary assist, but uh, they produced in the last year and a half, and this year they've been invisible. I mean, just not good at all. Yeah. Three, gonna, three yeah, games. Yeah, okay, whatever, but they haven't been good. The one you think you could always depend on them is to create, at least have some offensive zone play. They have not this year. The only line that's done had done anything offensively and even gotten in the zone has been uh, Matt Barzal and his little trailers. Maddie and the Jags. Maddie and the Jags. I'll tell you, Grump, you always have. <laughs> did anyone? Notice, I'm sorry, did anyone notice in the Boston game how they played against our team. Matt Barzal got the puck. Two or three guys went right at him. And that was their game plan. Even on the power play, he'd have the puck, and they'd have two and a half guys go at him. Where then these other guys need to move to get open, but they just kind of stand around. I mean, it's a shame. I mean, he's, I hate to see him waste his talent on this team. We need, <laughs> we need a sniper. We need somebody to work with that man. I don't have the suicide hotline prevention number for you right now, grumpy old man, but I will grab that for you at the end of this podcast. Thank you. Hey, <laughs> he, he at least made Tony D'Angelo look stupid in game one. Speaking of the devil, I'm glad you used that right as a segue. And Tommy also says, yeah, the Rangers have basically told D'Angelo they're done with him already. Not good. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, they he had that highlight real goal against D'Angelo, and he got sent right to the taxi squad and looks like he's <laughs> – his, his time there with the Rangers, his fun in the sun might be coming to an end there with the Rangers. Hey, things you love to see. <laughs> Think about it. Their defense is not good. They're really not. Notwithstanding our second game that we played, I, I was stunned we came out so flat in that second game, honestly. Uh, but their defense score is not good. Here's a question I have for you guys. Have you been noticing, and this is a trend I think I'm picking up on, and maybe I'm preemptive about it. It seems like in all these game scenarios where, let's say, the Islanders hypothetically play the Rangers one game and the game after they play the Rangers, but there's time in between. It always seems like whoever wins the first game is almost predestined to lose the second game. I've been noticing that back and forth. I mean, it happened with Colorado earlier on in the season. I just feel like this is, is going to be a trend this year, or at least it's something I'm looking out for. And if you if you hear like hockey pundits talking about this months from now, just know that I was the first one to come up with this cockamamie idea, and I think that might be a trend this year. Well, that's good because you know when the hockey pundits do call me, I'm going to make sure that I bring up that it was your cockamamie idea. <laughs> Are you going to use the landline? They all call me on the landline. They know. <laughs> you have a better connection with the landline. Everybody knows that. Darren Drager calling the grumpy old man to get all the inside scoops of what's going on towards trade deadline. Hey, me and DD, man, we're tight. 
<laughs> we also got here another comment there from Tommy saying, I'd personally move Lee with Bailey and Nelson. And the second line, I'd play with Barzal, Bavillier, and Wallstrom. Grumpy old man, we've always said this from the beginning, right? It's better to have a line of Lee, Bailey, and Nelson and to have Barzal, Bavillier. And we always threw Everly in at the time period. But hell, even Wallstrom, that would not be a bad Despite that we haven't seen too much of his play, that would not be a bad combo. Right. I mean, I'm not opposed to that. But is Everly going to play on your third line? Maybe he gels. Maybe he gels with Pajot. And if that if that's the case, fantastic. I don't think he can play Wallstrom on the third line because what is what's the one thing he brings to the table is offense, right? If you're going to shackle him on the third line, I mean, I just don't think it's conducive to getting the best out of him right now. I just don't. I want to see. I'd love to see him play with Barzal and be, you know, as the trigger guy. I'd love that. And Bavillier has always played well with Barzal. I would not mind at all seeing those two lines. Yeah, Mikey, what are you weighing in here? I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, why go after Pajot then if we're going to just let him rot on the, the, the third line that he, he's currently on? You know, yes, Bellows is the young name. We want to see what Bellows has. But, you know, throwing him on a line with Ross Johnson isn't really – doing much for for Pajot so I, I think there has to be some kind of shifting and moving around but I, I I don't like Pajot being on a line with Johnston and Bellows I will say this much when they originally traded for Pajot I was I was very critical that's the most that's the most couth way I can say it I was very critical of the move um and I, I was like why are we why are we going to be paying a third line center $5 million a year. And then I was like, okay, he does just about everything. And it's unfortunate, again, like I think we somewhat do, to your point, shackle him a little bit with the line mates of a Bellows, Santa Johnston. And that's why we need to find consistent partners that he can actually build some chemistry with because these are two guys where it's like I couldn't imagine him playing or he hasn't much, like, hasn't been with the Islanders very long. But even if that's the case, you don't want to have it where it's a revolving door of who's playing on the third line as his wingers. Yeah, and I feel like that was half of Josh Bailey's problem when we first, you know, had Bailey in the in the lineup, you know, on a consistent basis. Is he was always just it was a revolving door, and there was always different lines. And I, I think they they need to, like you said, get a nice solid wing wings for him to to just get used to and gel with. Because right now, like you said, it's just going to be a revolving door with those two. Right. And you look at the chemistry, right? And that's I, I, chemistry is so important in hockey, particularly the way the lines play up one another. That's why I like Lee uh, with Bailey, even though he's out right now, and Nelson. I mean, I always thought they've always I thought they've always played the best together, just like when uh, JT was centering for Anders Lee. I thought they worked well together because their pace was the same. They all play the same style of game, which I thought was really good for that. I mean, you need to find better wingers. For Pajot, I 100% agree, uh, because what does it do, right? It makes it makes your lineup deeper. It makes your scoring deeper. I mean, I'd love to see if – I mean, we know Bavillier plays well with him also. They've been, you know, really – they've been friends for a while too. They know each other being French-Canadian. And I'd love to – I wouldn't even mind Everly and Bavillier playing with Pajot. I mean, that would – as a third line, that's a really good third line. And, you know, but you still need a couple of guys on the first line. And that's the issue. We need two, as far as I'm concerned, two 
first-line wingers to go with Barzal. We don't have any. Two first-line wingers. Grumpy old man. Uh, well, they Seriously, do we have any who you would consider elite wingers on our team? I don't think so. But I, I, I also think like a lot of NH like it, because I talk to fans from you know that are fans of every single team in the NHL, and they're always saying the same thing like oh if we just had like first line wingers we'd be we'd win the Stanley Cup. So I feel like that's just uh, a hot ticket item that a lot of fan bases are looking for. It's like every single NFL team saying, yeah, if we only had Tom Brady as our quarterback or, hey, if we had, you know, Adrian Peterson in his prime as his running back. I mean, like, yeah, okay. But <laughs> I think it's a valid point. I mean, there's only so many elite-level wingers to go around. Right. But, I mean, okay, do we even have what you would consider, okay, if you don't want to go elite, second-tier wingers? I mean, yes. okay, I don't think so. I think we have a bunch of third-liners. I don't. I don't think. I don't think we certainly don't have any first line wingers. And I mean, who are you going to say? You're going to you're going to say maybe Anders Lee. Maybe that's it. That's it. I was going to say somebody else. His name rhymes with Snosnaily, oh. and he's and he gets thrown into the conversation. I mean, okay, good second line wing. Come on, grumpy old man. We have good second line wingers on our team. To say they're third line guys, that's just. I mean, the only team they would be a third line winger on maybe is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, we got to look at the league as a whole, grumpy old man. And again, like comparing to the top of top, I know is good. That's ideally what you want to do. But in the same token, a lot of teams have that wish list item. We don't have the cap space to do it in the style that we play. We need more defensive structure, and we need guys who play a two-way game in order to be successful. I don't want to hear mismanaging the cap as a reason why we don't have top-level players. You know, Just because you can't manage the cap, that's find out a way to manage the cap. You could have done it this offseason. You chose not to. And what was our solution? Trading away a 26, 25-year-old budding uh, defenseman who's now on the, the top defense pairing in another team for two second round draft picks. And Colorado's picking what at the bottom of a bottom of the round. So they might as well be third round picks. You know, good luck. While you still got Nicoletti on this team. And we're too busy signing guys like Matt Martin back. I mean, you want to know where the money goes? That's what happens when you sign Andrews Lee to a seven year extension or Jordan Everly to a five year extension or Leo Komarov to a four-year contract at 31 years old. That's what. That's how you run out of money, by making those foolish decisions. I want to switch it to a more cheerful tone, Grumpy, because you know what? Your, 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 uh, your negativity is getting us down. It's killing the vibe. Tommy Baffy chimes in, and I think it's 100% right. How much better is our penalty-killing unit now with Pajot on this team? He is not kidding. And again... We always had a pretty good penalty killing unit, and just adding him has made it so much deeper. There's so many different players. Even some of our top six players play well on the penalty kill. With Pajot on that line now, I mean, there is a penalty killing unit that it's unbelievable how deep we are in that facet. Right. Think about it. We have two really competent penalty killing uh, forward units, right? You got Pajot, you got Sezikis, you got Clutterbuck. And uh, I think Bavillier can play that role also. I mean, those they're solid defensive players. I mean, 
I, like I said, you know I've always liked J.G. Pajot. I was totally in favor of that deal. Maybe not the money that they paid him if you're going to be a third-line guy, but we tend to overpay all of our bottom six guys. We don't want to pay anybody who's a top six guy, but, well, yeah. We don't want to pay anybody who has top six talent, shall I say. Uh, <laughs> but we certainly want to pay our bottom-line guys over market value. Casey Zizekas' contract is up after this year, isn't it? Would yes. you sign him back? Would you sign him back? No, not he. He's so injury prone that I, I think you, you got to part ways with him there. But then you got to think: Why did we sign Martin for that long extension if they weren't going to keep that fourth line together? They wanted to give him the golden parachute award because he's been a loyal soldier. Lou's been overpaying him for years, hasn't he? <laughs> he overpaid him in Toronto too. Um, that being said, though, grumpy old man and Mikey, I'll tell you. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I, I don't think we should go ahead and bring back Zizekas. Will we? I think that's a different story. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. I think we will bring back Casey. Maybe, again, like I'm not opposed to a one-year or two-year thing, but there's no way Casey's going to be down for that. I think he'll want more. He'll want term, and he's going to want – he's also going to want some money attached to it and some cash space attached to it. I don't think he's willing to take a small contract. So it's unfortunate. Well, everybody knows I like to bag on Lou, and it's mostly it's not even for the dollar amount for the it's the number of years that he signs these guys for. I mean, you can't sign guys in their thirties to four and five year deals. You just can't do it, and then you wonder why your team is the oldest and slowest in the league, right? You wonder why you don't have money on the salary cap because you keep on paying guys who are on the tail ends of their careers and don't produce based on what they, uh, uh, you know, they based on what their salaries say that they you pay them. You pay them based off of prior performance instead of future performance, Grumpy. Right, and Mikey is 100% correct. I mean, he's too injury prone. The one year he scored 20 goals, right? Oh, Casey Zeke is fantastic. Okay, that's the outlier for his whole career. I mean, he is what he is. He's a, he's a fourth-line center. We don't when You don't need to be paying a fourth-line $10 million in a, where the cap is going to be flat for the next three years. You cannot afford to do that. I don't disagree. And this is also a comment there for earlier. David chimes in saying, this is now grumpy, the context here. When you're talking about how Matt Barzal gets pursued there by the Boston Bruins and how that's going to be there with other teams as well. When he does cross the zone, they're just going to go ahead and allocate two, two and a half players there to stopping him from creating. David says they did the same exact thing with John Tavares. Two to three players teamed up against him. And it's Barzal's turn with no actual real goal scorer around him. Yeah, I think it's a little bit different than when JT was here. I th I think that okay, I think that John always had his head up more than Matt Barzal, if you know what I mean. Matt is fantastic skating in the zone, but a lot of times he's doing. I don't think he looks all the time where JT was always looking to make that pass. Where Matt, I think he likes dipsy doodling around guys, and he's fantastic doing it. Uh, but sometimes if he had his head up a little bit more, he, maybe he could make a couple of those passes where Tavares was able to do that just because he always had his head up, always. I, I think he has elite hockey sense, John Tavares. Now, now chiming in here, talking about Casey, I just want to get to that. Casey's so valuable and healthy, but health is the issue. 100% right there, Jeff. And we got a whole bunch of them kind of sort of similar, except Scott's. Lou's going to sign Casey for six years, $56 million, JK. <laughs> Well, what do coaches say, right? What's the best ability? Availability. I mean, you have to be out there every night. If you can't, 
you're not helping your team, and there's no reason to keep a guy that can't stay on the ice. Tommy chimes in also saying, Casey, three years, seven and a half million or bye-bye. Still, why three years? Why do you feel you need to go three years for a guy who's going to be 29 years old? I think I think this is like one of the unfortunate things is, right, you hope a guy like that would take a hometown discount being, you know, and start his career with the Islanders and his career with the Islanders. But, again, it's not – hometown discounts are more a thing in the past, I believe, unless like your team is, hey, we're extreme competitors there for winning Stanley Cups. We love playing here. You very rarely, I feel like, get guys who are willing to take hometown discounts. I mean, Matt Martin sure as hell didn't take one. And I, I just think that's something that's more fleeting in the professional sports today. I, I just want to say, think about it, right? He felt that he needed to pay Matt Martin four years, one and a half million per. Why? I don't know. Like there was a market for fourth line grinders in a flat cap era. And you look at Zdeno Chara sign one year, $795,000 a year. Or Andy Green, one year, vet minimum, 700000 Do you real? I mean, who is more important to your team? Andy Green or Matt Martin? It's Andy Green because Matt Martin's already sitting on the bench after three games. I just It's just things like that. Just because he's a fan favorite and the women love him, and they do. The, the, the New York Islander women fans absolutely love Matt Martin. I mean – You've been there for you've been there for pregame too, Mikey. How much do the I mean the fans love them? Absolutely, and the women do too. <laughs> I, I was just wondering how grumpy old man has the pulse on the female perspective of who who's the the eye candy on the Islanders because I'm a, I'm I'm a chick magnet myself. That's why <laughs> he was noticing all the eyes were gravitating toward away from him towards Matt Martin. Is that what it is, Grump? Matt Martin and Johnny Boychuk. They're the only uh, the women, man. They're looking at the grumpy old man. They're like, whoo, whoo, grumpy, you are the man, baby. And then a bigger name. You know, it's not like they're not doing it for Josh Bailey, I'm gonna tell you that much, or Adam Pellick. No, but Matt Martin comes around and Johnny Boychuk, oh man, they just love them. I don't and know. Lambert. They love Lane Lambert too. Have you seen Josh Bailey's wife? He's not doing too bad. Because look, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna say that all women are gold diggers, but I'm just gonna say. Uh, Professional athletes tend to have really good-looking wives. That's all I'm going to say. Stop. I don't know. I think Grumpy. Josh Bailey does all right for himself. <laughs> Grumpy. And we got a comment also here from Hornbill Horn Music saying, I love Zeke to death, but I completely agree again. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when that does come around, though, Grumpy. I, it's got to be – you hope it's going to be on a friendly deal, and especially with the cap staying flat there for an additional two years. After this, you hope it's going to be on a team-friendly deal. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I wouldn't have signed Matt Martin back. Cal Clutterbuck is probably on his last legs. You know, maybe it's just time to move on from the best fourth line in hockey from, what, five or six years ago. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's where you really want to break in some young players. Some guys, I mean, tell me Kiefer Bellows wouldn't be good playing on the fourth line. I mean, just to get his feet wet, and I, I just, I just, I just want to see some of the young guys play. That's all. I, you know, I, I, I don't say, like him on the fourth line. Then, like, why even, why even have him on the team? Like, that's not why we drafted Kiefer Bellows. But it's not like we ever have a chance to move anybody up. We have all those. Our top two lines are locked into long-term deals. All the vets, guys who I just consider jags, they're signed to long-term deals. Where are they going? I mean, they're not dropping them down. 
Trust what happens if we use like Sezikis kind of like we used Zen and Kanopka a few years ago, like as the face-off specialist, PK specialist, kind of like a kind of like a Swiss Army knife that you kind of just plugged in where you needed them. That's I, what I feel like. Is that what Pajot does for us now, though? Yeah, but I feel like that would definitely utilize Sezikis to you know get him get him more involved and, and maybe see if he can. Put it. Put a few more away. I don't. I don't know. Is Sezikis going to fight fifty times a year? That's the biggest question. I need to know if he's going to bring the fighting numbers like Kanapka did. No, I'm just <laughs> I never thought we'd have a Kanapka reference on this podcast. <laughs> oh, I, I, he's one of the. He's one of those I've forgotten about. Oh, I, I was a big Kanapka fan. I know that we're looking to get off pretty soon, but I have to bring up AJ Malesko's hair. Um, <laughs> I gave it a one out of 10 on the last broadcast. Uh, I Like I said, I don't know who combs her hair, but someone should tell her before she puts the headset on and gets on television, flatten it. it, it let me tell you something. Even I fixed my hair before this podcast. You I fixed think, your hair before the podcast? Well, yeah. <laughs> as much as I have, I fixed it. Oh, goodness. I didn't even notice, Grump. I'm sorry. Oh, really? <laughs> Pay attention. Watch, watch AJ's hair. It's I, I matter of fact, I if DJ gets your uh you get your text number, I'll shoot you the text of her hair from the last from the la- on television. I'm like it's your text you number, Mikey, not your landline number. Your text <laughs> number, not the landline one. <laughs> I'll have to pass I'll have to pass that along, Grumpy. Uh, this will make you happy though, Grumpy. Brian says, I love this guy. I know he's talking about you, Grumpy old man. I crush Lou all day to lose a bad post lockout GM still stuck in 1999. Oh goodness. I know that's music to the grumpy old man's ears. Just, just like Grumpy's sweater right there, stuck in 1999, right? Oh God almighty. It was me, Grump. First of all, it was year 2000. Not <laughs> I am in this century. Thank you. That's not a bad one, man. I'll tell you what. There you go. It's official. That's official Super Bowl sweatshirt right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. There's so many comments that are good. Now, Mikey, you're, you're dipping out here, Mikey. I know. Yeah, we, I, I know. No, no. Yeah, I, I appreciate just listening to to your Islanders banter and love what you guys are doing. Love that we got a good Islanders podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Got to love that. So yeah, I'll let you guys go at it and. uh you know, if, if you're interested in music and hockey, definitely tune in to episode 100. We got a special guest. We got a bunch of contests leading up to that episode. So make sure you follow us on our social media. And uh, if, if you need me, you could call Grumpy's landline and he could get you in touch with me. Absolutely. And all kidding aside, uh, Mikey's podcast is really good. Uh, I really recommend everybody give it a listen to, especially the hundredth anniversary. I mean, that's that's great. I don't even know how many we've done, honestly. Yeah, you guys got to be getting close too, right? I don't know. I mean, I don't think I don't even know how to count to a hundred. So. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, Mikey always runs. He always has the cool promos like that, too, for the gear and everything. So, yeah, definitely the Bar Down Breakdown podcast. I'm looking forward to listening to it. Derek from State Champs, Grumpy Old Man. I'm, I'm glad you didn't take any jabs. I'm glad we didn't bring Derek on, Grumpy, so you can berate him about his lack of support for the Islanders. I, w- I would have been very, very nice and cordial to him, but I would have got my shots in for certain. Yeah, and I can, I can let 
you know your listeners in on uh, some other secrets we just recorded last night with nate from the band uh judah and the lion you know platinum artists and, and they're more of like a folk rock band and it was an awesome conversation so also check that one out when it comes out just look at Grumpy's face. It tells you how much he knows about these. So I had Mikey kind of fill me in beforehand. So I, I did some research as well. But yeah, Grumpy, you could just tell by his face. Like, mm, doesn't know what's going on. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Led Zeppelin. You know, hey, that, that's that's my band. Hey, they got a platinum song and that's more than I got. I, I'm not, I was not criticized. I just don't know who they are. That's all. But like I said, I mean, I, anybody. I don't know anyone in modern music. No one. <laughs> I've heard of Adele. Whitney Houston, she's dead. I know that. Prince, he's dead. Everybody I know is dead. Actually, well, dead. What, what does that say then? Hopefully, you're not. You better be, yeah, you better be uh, watching what you eat and taking a few walks around the block then. And let me tell you something. I'm just going to stop doing illicit drugs. I mean, I think that's what whacked them all out pretty much, wasn't it? Propanol. Aren't they all taking propanol pretty much? Maybe not Whitney Houston, but Michael Jackson and Prince certainly. Grumpy, grumpy, grumpy. Yeah, don't do drugs. Uh, that would no, be my sign. Right. My sign off. <laughs> that's right. Grumpy old man says, "Don't do drugs." Don't do drugs. Well, Mikey, Mikey signs off with, "Don't do drugs." Thanks so much again, Mikey, for joining, and I appreciate it as always. Creator there of the Islanders meetup groups, as well as the co-host there on the Bar Down Breakdown podcast. Thank you, Mikey. All right, peace out, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Alrighty, grumpy old man. We have a few comments here I wanted to get to before we wrap things up today here. Tommy saying, I think Clutterbuck retires at the end of the season. Just my prediction. Yeah, again, this is not the first time I've heard this. And I have, again, like people who do know people inside the Islanders organization said, I mean, they, they told this information about the hand well before anything like that was released there to the public. And they didn't know if he was going to come back originally before that either, that time period, grumpy old man. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Clutterbuck does retire at the end of the season. I mean, you can't, don't have feeling in your fingers, man. That's got to be one. That's got to be a tough one. Yeah, three fingers. And they, you're right. They didn't know if he was even going to come back this year. I mean, that would help with some salary cap issues, to be honest with you. Uh, if we get some of our older guys to retire, I mean, you know, let's be honest. Cal Clutterbuck's been a warrior, right? Another one. Uh, I hated him when he played for Minnesota, but I love him playing for the Islanders. He's definitely the ultimate agitator. <laughs> Grumpy old man. <laughs> We've got here a comment from David, and he's saying here, lethargic Lou. That's something you've never used. I almost didn't want to show the comment because I don't like giving you ammo. I don't like – because you don't have social media. So anything you think of is just off the top of your head. When I start introducing you to some of these other colloquial terms there they use for Lou Lamarillo, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm just arming. I'm arming – I'm, I'm weaponizing a beast over here, and I just don't want to do that. But lethargic Lou needs to step, step down as GM. Just be team president. Let a younger guy make the personnel moves. They should be uh, – seriously, they should be grooming someone. To take over for him. He's 78, I think 78 years old now, right? I mean, they should be grooming someone to take over him. He's not going to be able – I mean, I, 78 years old is pretty old. I mean, and I'm not – is he the GM that he was 20, 25 years ago? No, he's not. He's still well-respected in the league, and I still think, still think he's really smart. But at some point in time, he's going to have to step down. I don't want it to be his son. That's the only thing. I don't want it to be his son. I don't want it to be a Bill Belichick, Steve Belichick situation. I was about to say, like, I, 
I think I think Lou Lamarill is still a very good general manager. I think he, again, like he overpays for some players. I'm not a huge fan of that, but in other facets of his role, he does an excellent job, and there's no doubt about that. I mean, again, the the bringing over Jean Gabriel Pajot was an excellent job of him making sure he's able to do that again. Like cap management, I think is one of the weaker points in his game. That's it. Just is what it is, there, grumpy old man. And here we go. He said, you don't want it to be a son. Tommy chimes in. They're grooming his son for the takeover. Uh, I will say that would be – I'm not a big fan of that either. I'm not a big fan of the nepotism. I know that uh, – it's Chris Lamarillo is his name, right? Yes. Chris Lamarillo I know has been with the Islanders organization for longer than Lou. In the same token, though, I, I wouldn't mind them grooming a younger guy. I don't want it to be one of those analytics guys, though. Again, like I think analytics, it's okay to have analytics involved with the judgment of players – but you can't go 100% analytics. I'm just not a big fan of that, personally. Yeah, there's so many other hockey minds, younger hockey GMs that I would bring in. Uh, I, I don't want to see Chris Lamarillo. I'm sorry. I, I it just, just the appearance is bad. I mean, it's not like they're lighting it up in the AHL. I mean, it's not like, you know, they have a tr- they're able to pick up a bunch of guys and turn that team into a winner. I mean, that's not Grump, been the case. Grump, are you telling me that the the AHL team that hasn't won a playoff series in I think twenty years isn't lighting it up down there? What? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh goodness, grumpy old man. There's a lot of guys out there that we could have to fill those spot, uh, to fill that spot, and they should be grooming someone. They really they should have assistant GM, you know, like we had for years here, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, someone who could step in if something happens. I mean, like I said, Lou's not a spring chicken, and you want to have some type of succession plan in place. That's all. Yeah, and then one last comment here before we wrap things up there. Tommy also saying, I'd love to get Fitzgerald personally. Ex-Islander draft pick there. Um, Again, I thought Tom Fitzgerald's done a good job there so far. Again, like Devils haven't been great right now, but I think he's that's 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 an organization I think that's headed in the right direction. Well – We'll see. I mean, you know, they're they're really on some down times right now. I mean, you're picking in the top five every year. They are like the old Islanders used to be when he played for us. Well, think about this, right? They still don't have the goalie. I mean, Keith Kincaid's done an okay job, but think about it. They still don't have the goalie, and he inherited a hideous situation. Yeah, Kincaid is gone. It's Blackmore now is the goalie. Blackwood, Blackwood, right? Blackwood, and he's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Grumpy old man here. Yep, and here's Brian also. Last comment here. You have to match the little old school with the analytics. Couldn't agree more. I think there's a fine line. You can't go completely one way because the game will just pass you by. Um, grumpy old man, we're a little light, we're a little over an hour and 20. What, what, what comments you have, Grumpy old man, before we wrap things up today? Well, I know we play the Devils tomorrow, so I'm going to say that we beat the Devils tomorrow. I will be interested to see what the lineups are going to be, though, honestly. I, I, I don't want to see him take a step back and put in Michael Del Cole or Leo Komarov. We've seen what they give, which is nothing. Um, I'd much rather give Oliver Wallstrom a chance. Uh, that That's just what I'd like to see happen. I'd like to see him play on a higher-up line, a goal-scoring line. Yep. Uh, again, like I think we're going to be moving Grumpy also. This is important to announce here. We're going to be moving there to the two live streams we've mentioned there a week. I think it's just going to be on Wednesdays, uh, Wednesdays and Saturdays. But I will tell you one thing. I don't think we're going to do the pregame live streams, Grumpy Old Man. I think – oh, goodness. I think we're going to do more of the live streams that are geared towards later as a post game if they do have a game on a Saturday or a Wednesday, Grumpy. Just because, again, pregame's tough. Postgame, I think it's easy. You can vent a little bit. I, I, I'm i actually kind of worried, Grumpy, if we do postgame. 
if we do a post game live stream. I really, I really am worried, grumpy old man, because people think that you're out of control and cantankerous now. Just wait until you were to do something post game when the emotions are still flying. That's right. I mean, I, I'm off the chain after a bad game. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. Yeah, I was about to say, Grump. So I think we're going to be doing them there on Saturdays and Wednesdays. And if they're going to have games on those days, we'll do them afterwards. I don't know. If they're going to be West Coast, we might have to play with it a little bit. But I, I, I am looking forward to doing the two live streams there a week, though, Grumpy Old Man, with you. Uh, you, get, you keep me laughing. You keep me sane as odd as that might sound. Uh, but Grump, do you have anything else you want to say before we kind of wrap things up? Yeah, I, I hate to correct you, but we will have no West Coast games this year. Oh, you know, I thank you. I'm glad you did correct me. I forgot all the games are going to be played within the, the East East Division. So I'm glad you brought that up. Okay, well, good. It means I get to sleep. You know, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, we got the West Coast game. I totally forgot we're playing all all games eight times each each. Uh, each division rival we have so so far this year, Grumpy. So I'm glad you reminded me of that. Put a little uh, extra happiness in my day to end our podcast, Grumpy. Well, it's like I said, always my pleasure to be on the podcast with you. And I just I just love having fun talking to everybody uh, about the team that I love, honestly. <laughs> well, thank you, Grumpy old man. And thank you so much, everybody who did listen to the live stream and participate. We love it. We love being able to interact with everybody. And we love that we had Mikey on. Um, thank you so much, Grumpy Old Man, and thank you so much for everybody who listened to the live stream and the podcast. We do appreciate it as always.